meaning for believers. It promises the end of struggle and sorrow. It reminds us that one day we'll know unending joy and peace. We love singing songs about heaven to remind ourselves and others that this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. We sing when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be. And we are confident of the glorious moment that awaits us. God's singers proclaim these songs together and we sing them alone at midnight. Through times of victory and especially through our tears, we cling to in the sweet by and by and we declare, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. But one day, all those songs about that glorious someday will be set aside. Finally, when the last of God's singers bows at his feet, then as one, we'll begin a new song of praise that we'll sing together forever.
For that place called heaven. I don't know about y'all, but I am sick and tired of cancer. I'm sick and tired of hospitals. I'm sick and tired of funeral homes. I'm sick and tired of tragedy. I'm sick and tired of wickedness. I'm sick of seeing that mess on the television. I'm sick of our children having to go through this garbage that they have to go through. And I'm afraid the only thing that's going to make it better is that place called heaven. The only place we can go to get away from this garbage is that place called heaven. I want to read to you this. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. There will be nothing else standing between us and the Lord. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Y'all can amen right there. The former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne, child of God, don't worry, because there's one sitting on the throne. Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. I don't know about y'all, but I want to go to that place. I want to go. I'm going to hush. I'm going to get to preaching. Y'all be seated. Y'all be seated. Praise Y'all go ahead and give the invitation. Yeah, we can. <laughs> this time, Brother Jason is going to give us a special. He trying to interfere. We ain't going to let him. If I had it my way, 
I take this from you, but God, He knows what He's doing. So here while our hearts break, we have to has shown us his goodness his love will endure his ways are higher than our own whatever the road whatever the road if i had it my way i take this from you but god That a little better. There we go. It helped if I turned it on. So I'm overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord in this place. I'm glad every one of you is here, but I'm glad most of all the Lord is here. And I'm glad He's in this place, that He's in this singing, that He's in this choir, and that He's in this people. And I know that He'll be in this message, and I hope that He's in this preacher. 
What a mighty God we serve. God has been good to us at promised land. But there's always room for improvement. Never be satisfied with where you are. We need revival. Our church needs revival. Our community needs revival. Our state needs revival. Our nation needs revival. Our world needs revival. We need Jesus. We need to see His face. We need to feel His presence. We need revival. I want to preach to you this morning on what it takes to have revival. Sunday, we're going to have revival services. It doesn't mean we're going to have revival, but it means we're going to try. And I want you to pray for this speaker, and I want you to pray for Brother Paul Buck as he leaves us in music. And I know you're busy, and I know you've got a hundred things going on, but I ask you to do this for me. I want you to be here next Sunday morning and next Sunday night. If you don't ever come on Sunday night, I want you to make an exception. And I want you to come next Sunday night. And I want you to come on Monday, and I want you to come on Tuesday, and I want you to come on Wednesday. You say, preacher, that's a lot of church. I know. I know. But we need it. We need it. And I'm asking you, we do this one time a year. And I'm asking you to do this one time. Come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Well, we got ball practice. Well, hold it off. Wait one week. Well, we got, I know, we do too. But let's shut everything down for one week. And let's do with all we can and with all of our hearts to have revival. God's people, we can do this. But we're going to have sacrifice just a little bit. And we're going to have to give. And I promise you, He will hear our prayer. He will hear our cry and He'll answer it. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word. I want to read one verse. Psalmist David 85, verse 6. Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Could it be that we will not be able to rejoice until our hearts are revived? Let's read it one more time. Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? This time read with me. Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. God, I ask for revival. For the sake of our hearts, for the sake of our families, for the sake of our nation, for the sake of our babies, God, revive us again. Lord, stir within us the joy of our salvation. Lord, I pray that we would catch a joy that we've never caught before. Lord, I pray that we would be as on fire today as we were the day that we met you. And Lord, I pray the church would get back to the joy of her salvation. Lord, may we be as excited as we've ever been before. May we shout on high the good things that you've done for us. Lord, churches have lost their shout. 
Lord, we have lost our excitement. We have lost our backbone. We have lost the ability to declare your world to this world, the need for salvation. Lord, revive us again. And Lord, I'm not saying revive these people. Lord, I'm asking you to start with me. Revive this preacher. Lord, I love you and I want you and I need you. Lord, I want my kids growing up knowing what a revival is all about. Lord, I want my children knowing what old-fashioned religion is all about. Lord, I want them to know what the presence of the Holy Spirit is all about. God, I want them to know. Start it in me. Let them see it in their daddy. Let this church see it in their preacher. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. What it takes to have revival. Webster defines revival as this, an improvement in the condition or strength or in something. The synonyms of revival is restoration, resurrection, rejuvenation. Revival is simply this, a stirring of what we already have. We're not asking for something that we didn't have to begin with. We're simply asking God to take what we already have in Him to stir it up. We're asking God to take what He's done in our hearts a long time ago and for us to live like the very day that we met Him the very first time. What it takes to have revival. I want to ask you this. Do you want revival? Revival is simply this. Taking what we have in the Lord and stirring it up to the place and the point that we're living and we're walking by the joy of our salvation. Do you know why we need revival? Simply because of this. Because we lose the joy of our salvation. We lose the joy of our salvation. If you would turn with me to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If you're with me, say amen. amen. I want to look at two things. And we're going to shut this thing down and we're going to let God have His way and will in this service. But I want to look at two things that I believe it takes to have revival. Number one, what I must do. If you're going to have revival, it's going to start with you. And I'm sure and I know a lot of times we think, boy, if old brother Carl J. was here to hear this sermon, boy, he needs revival. I'm telling you, church, if we're going to have revival, it's going to start with us individually. It's going to start with us individually. Notice what he said in 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14. He told Solomon, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. We see in the first part of this verse what I must do to have revival. The first thing we must do is have preparation. Notice what he said in verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. In order for us to have revival, revival is not for lost people, it's for saved people. Lost people don't need to be revived. Lost people need to be saved. Revival is for the church. Revival is for God's people. Notice what he said. If my people, which are called by my name, if you have been born again of the blood of Jesus Christ, he's talking to you. 
And we always think, boy, if we could just have revival. Boy, if this nation would just be saved. God's saying it's not going to take the lost being saved, but it's going to take the saved getting stirred up. Revival is not on the hopes or the hinges of lost people. It's on the hinges of God's people. May I tell you, if this nation has a revival again, it will not be on the lost. It will be on us. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, if you're called by the name of the Lord, he's talking to you. And he said, the very first thing you must do is humble yourself. If we're going to have revival, we need to take pride and we need to set it to the side. We're going to have to get our pride out of the way and we're going to have to humble ourselves. Do you know why we lose the joy of our salvation? Because we get to the place where we think we need control, we know what's going on, and we don't need the help of God. The first thing we're going to have to do for revival is get to this mental place. We're not going to do it without the Lord's help. And the only way that we're going to have revival is we're going to have to back ourselves out of the way. I'm telling you, I know this preacher coming and I know him well. And he's just an old sinner saved by the grace of God. It's not a man that's going to bring this revival. It's a God from heaven that's going to bring this revival. And if he's going to bring this revival, we're going to have to humble our hearts. I'm telling you, when he gets up here Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, I wish revival something he could put in his back pocket and bring it to promised land. But I'm telling you, it's not coming from Brother Nathan Llewellyn. It's not going to come from Paul Buck. It's going to come from heaven. And if it's going to come from heaven, we're going to have to realize we're going to have to humble ourselves and let God have control. We must lose control. We must lower ourselves so that we can exalt Him. Notice what He said, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. That's the preparation. And notice the second thing, prayer. If you will prepare yourself and humble yourselves and pray. Pray for revival. We will not have revival unless God's people ask for it. This sermon is simple. This sermon is easy. A child can understand this sermon this morning. We're going to have to humble ourselves and we're going to have to pray. If we're going to have revival, we're going to have to fall on our face and fall on our knees day and night and ask God for revival. Two years ago, the revival at Burlington. I talked about that revival in Burlington, North Carolina. I believe 13 to 1,500 souls saved. A revival that lasted 12 weeks with old-fashioned preaching. Nothing special, but just under the direction of God. The preacher... And the men of that church, it started in one church, one local church that only sits about 500. Before it was over with, they had 1,000 in that building. They built a big old tent, and they had four to 5,000 every night getting under the preaching of God's Word. But what not everybody realized is that the preacher and his men prayed 15 years for that kind of move. They prayed 15 years for that kind of move. May I tell you that if we're going to have revival, it's going to start with us getting on our face and praying to God and ask Him for revival. Do you want revival? I hope more than 10 of you do. Do you want revival this morning? Well, if you want it, you're going to have to ask God. And I want to ask you something. Here we are a week away. Have you prayed for revival? 
Have you asked God for revival? Have you prayed for this preacher that's coming? Have you prayed for this music director? Have you prayed for the services? Here we are, and we're getting into revival service. May I ask you, have you even talked to the Lord about what we're going to do next week? If you haven't, that needs to change today. May I tell you, we're going to have to pray. We're going to have to pray in the morning. We're going to have to pray at lunchtime. We're going to have to pray at supper time. We're going to have to pray at midnight. If you want revival, we're going to have to pray this thing through. I'm telling you, the cottage prayer meetings ought to be slapped full. I'm telling you, the altars ought to be slapped full. If you want revival, we can have revival, but it's not going to happen until we ask God to revive our souls. What must I do to have revival? You must ask for it. That's not rocket science, people. That's easy. It's simple. Ask God and He will hear our prayer. I'm telling you, we need to fall on our face and we need to pray it through. I'm telling you, Brother Jason got up here, the Spirit of God was moving, and that old stinking devil, he'll stir up every time. And I'm telling you, he's sitting back waiting on next week. He's waiting on today, and he'll do anything and everything to stop what God is trying to do. I'm telling you, if we're going to have revival, we're going to have to pray this thing through. We're going to have to claim the precious blood of Jesus upon this speaker. We're going to have to claim the precious blood of Jesus upon the services, upon this building, upon this place, upon this property. I'm telling you, we need God to protect us from the devil so that when we come in here, we have liberty and freedom. I'm telling you, you pray every day that devil off of that preacher. Every time that preacher gets the Word of God, the devil's stirring and battling and doing everything he can to devour the preacher and the music director and the members and the choir. You pray the devil out of this place. And you pray God protect us next week. You pray God would bless our services next week. Pray for souls to be saved. Pray for prodigals to come home. We got 600 members and about 300 folks here. Pray for prodigals to come home. Pray for a revival in the stirring. Notice what he said in verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Preparation, prayer, and passion. If we're going to have revival, we must be passionate about the Lord. We're going to have to get in the presence of a Jehovah God. We're going to have to understand that if we're going to have revival, we need to quit worrying about religion and rituals, and we're going to have to get real with God. Hold on, let me say that again so y'all amen this time. If we're going to have revival, we've got to put religion behind us and get real with the Lord. Quit worrying about everybody else. Don't be, don't be the worship police. You get in here every day and every night and you get in the presence of God. And you let the Spirit of God move. I'm telling you, if we want Him to move, we're going to have to get in His presence. We're going to have to seek His face. I'm telling you, I'm glad that every time that I bow my head, I can enter into the throne room of God. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. I can't wait for services. Man, I can't wait for right now. Man, that choir got to singing. Man, they got to reading that about heaven and glory land. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than being in the presence of God. You get out there in this world and you hear about shootings and killings and murders. I'm telling you, I love to be in the presence of God. Because when I get in the presence of God, He just sends all of that junk out of my mind 10,000 miles away. So we can just get in His presence. 
I'm telling you, God's people, if we can get in here and we can pray all these distractions out and just get in His presence for a little while, watch what happens. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Notice this next thing. I don't like this. I, I don't expect a lot of amens because I don't like it either. And turn from their wicked ways. If there's going to be revival, there must be preparation, prayer, passion, and purity. If we're going to have revival, we're going to have to turn from our wicked ways. If you have habits this morning, you need to turn them over to the Lord. If you have unconfessed sin, you need to turn them over to God. If we have things in our closet, let's clean it out before He does for us. Let's turn it over. Let's turn from our wicked ways. Listen to me, church. If there's division in this church, we need to get it right today. If there's bitterness in this church, we need to get it right today. If there's unforgiveness in this church, we need to get it right today. I'm telling you, in order to have revival, we may have to get serious about our salvation. We're going to have to get right with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to have to get division out amongst us. The devil will do and has done everything he can to divide us, to conquer us. But I'm telling you, we're going to have to get that junk aside. Because I'm telling you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Turn it over to him and turn from your wicked ways. And I'm telling you, we're going to have revival. I'm telling you, we're going to have revival. I'm telling you, if we would repent of our sins, He will forgive us of our sins. He will forgive anything and everything that we do. Notice what He said. We looked at what I must do, now look at what He must do. Because I'm telling you, it's going to take us. But you listen, it's going to take Him. It's going to take Him. Notice what He said. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal, heal their land. If we will prepare and we humble ourselves and we pray and we get in the presence of God with passion and we turn from our wicked ways and live with purity, He will hear our prayer. What an awesome thing to know that the God of heaven, the Creator of the universe, is listening to us. If you will fall on your face and turn from your wicked ways, God will hear us. God will hear us. That's a promise. You know what He'll do for revival? He'll answer the prayer of His people. If you ask for it, if you want it, if you desire it, bless God, He will hear. He will hear. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad when I fall on my face and I pray that it goes through this ceiling. Aren't you glad when you pray in the precious name of Jesus that it goes before the very throne of an almighty God? Amen. I'm telling you, we need to get right. We need to have passion. We need to pray so that God from heaven will hear our prayers. He will hear. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad He hears us. I'm glad He's worried about us. I'm glad He cares about us. Not only will He hear us, but bless God, He'll help us. Notice what he said, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin. Oh, aren't you glad for a forgiving God? Preacher, you don't know where I come from. You don't know where Jesus went. He went to Calvary. He went through hell on the cross so that you can have forgiveness of your sins. Anything you've ever done, anything you'll ever do, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for you, and He will forgive you of your sin. 
It doesn't matter if it's alcoholism. It doesn't matter if it's drugs or adultery. It doesn't matter if you're an habitual liar. It doesn't matter if you're filthy and no good. There's not one person God can't pick up, clean up, wash them white as snow, and make them a new creature. I'm telling you, if we're going to have revival, we're going to have to have the forgiving hand of God. We need forgiveness. We have messed up. We have turned from God. We have, we have failed Him over and over and over again. And if you want to look at it, you say, Preacher, you're not that bad. I'm filthy. I'm the chiefest of sinners. And sometimes it's not about what I've done, but it's what I haven't done that makes me so filthy. Because God wants so much more out of my life that He hadn't gotten from me. And shame on me for that. But bless God, He'll forgive me. He'll forgive you. God's people, when He forgives you, you forgive yourself. Sometimes we can't have revival. What God's already forgiven, but we won't forgive ourselves. Bless God, if He throws it in the sea of forgetfulness, let it go. Put it in the hands of an almighty God. Man, there's things that I regret. There's things that I wish I'd have never done. But bless God, that was yesterday. And the Bible said that no man with his hands to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let yesterday go so we can go forward in today. He will, he will forgive you. He will forgive you. Notice this last thing. And will heal their land. And will heal their land. I want to say this. I know what's going on in this world. And this world is in chaos asking the question, what happened? What is wrong? We've turned our back against Jesus as a nation. We've turned our back against Israel as a nation. We have kicked Him out of our schoolhouse. We said don't talk to Him. Don't talk about Him. Don't take a Bible. Don't proclaim Him. Don't do anything that pronounces or professes Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You can go promote Muhammad all you want, but don't you promote Jesus. And then we wonder what has happened to our schools. We have kicked Him out of our courthouse. We have kicked Him out of our country. We're scared to death to say, in God we trust. We're terrified to profess that Jesus Christ is the reason that this country is so great. And I'm telling you, our nation is in need of a healing. Amen. Our churches are in need of a healing. Amen. But I'll tell you where it starts. It starts at the home house. Amen. Our homes need a healing. Amen. Our homes need a healing. The other day, this woman said she was in line and her kids were acting crazy and just acting out and screaming and hollering. And a woman said, boy, you ought to take them in the bathroom and wear them out. Well, it offended her. So she gets on Facebook and she makes this rant about how she lets her kids express their emotion. <laughs> they need to express themselves. That young man walked in that school this week and expressed himself. Because that's what he was taught to do. I didn't have an option to express myself. It was shut your mouth and get your tail tore up. We need a healing. We are a people without natural affection. Our country has murdered more children. We have turned to this place where marriage it's not even a union of God anymore. And we, and we wonder what has happened. 
We need a healing. Where is our healing coming from? Bless God. There is a balm in Gilead. There is a healing solution. And it's going to come from heaven. It's not coming from the Democrats or the Republicans. It's not going to come from a man. But it's going to be when God's people humble themselves and pray and seek the face of God and turn their wicked ways. Then will He hear from heaven and forgive our sins and bless God heal our land. It's not on this world getting saved for us to have revival. It's for God's people to get stirred up. We need revival. Y'all think our nation needs a healing? These altars fix and be open. Get on your face and you pray for it. And you ask God for it. But before you get on the nation, before you get on this world, get on you first. And say, God, revive me. Heal me. And when every individual goes before the Lord and seeks the individual revival, that's when a church-wide revival will break loose. We need revival. We need to see souls saved. We need to see the saved stirred up. We're getting ready for invitation.